Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And the now ubiquitous face of the uh, public information officer who's been updating us fairly regularly. And I, you know, I've just seen it so many times before. They finally give that you know, press conference to say it's over. Uh, we can we can rest easy. Um, the the boogeyman is gone. But it's like I say, if, if I had a dime for every time we have one of these press conferences, I probably wouldn't be on the screen right now. Hmm. There are conversations uh, to be had always about why these happen. You know, you you don't want to stigmatize mental illness. It's part of the problem we have in getting people to get help and and to be open about treating it. Um, but in these mass shooting events, uh, mental illness is overrepresented and it is often in play. And, you know, people want to talk about guns and they want to talk. But let me tell you, there's no such thing as a single factor solution to a complex problem. And we have illness that comes into play with these mass shootings. We have weapons, obviously, but we also have a cultural distinction. There are a lot of people who have mental illness in their societies, and they don't have as much access to guns, but they have access to weapons. And the instinct of homicide as a vehicle to suicide, of going out with grievance to take out others as a reflection of your own pain before you kill yourself, is uniquely American. And I am less charitable about the mental illness issue when it comes to a homicidal maniac who takes out 18 people indiscriminately, including a 14-year-old kid. Um, I have uh, less to say about uh, why should we care about his reasons, to be honest with you. There are plenty of people, I dare say 80% of those who fill our jails across this country have some kind of a mental illness. We have a plague of it in this country, but it almost never uh, results in this level of revengeful violence. Mm. If, in fact, it was revengeful violence. It seems all indications so far from multiple reports point to that. Uh, but plenty of us have lost a girlfriend. If John Miller's theory was, uh, was true, the uh, terrorism uh, expert from New York City, now a, a media um, you know, consultant, it, 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 the working theory was that he recently broke up He was recently unemployed. He was angry at the girlfriend, if this is true, and that they used to go to these two locations together. Uh, Plenty of us have been through heartache, and many of us suffer from some kind of mental illness. And even those two, um, as combustible as they can be, don't result in 18 dead and 13 fighting for their lives. So, um, again, I I guess I just put it at, I want to speak less about the mental illness component of this and more about the the plague in America of mass shootings. Yep. And we know that we have, uh, you know, the the over-talked part of the issue, frankly, because they're not going to act on it, is the access to weapons. 
Uh, the only overlay of that in this situation that is relevant and demonstrable of what could have made a difference, because you're very rarely one rule away uh, in terms of change that will change the reality. But but extreme risk protection orders or red flag laws work. Uh, your home state has one in. They've seen a drop in suicidality. Uh, why? Because it is a tool that allows people, law enforcement, but also family members and intimates, to go to a judge and allow the defendant, you know, the, the person in question, to have their due process and say, this is why I believe that this guy or this woman, it's more usually in these situations a guy, uh, is a danger to himself and or others. And then they take away the access to a weapon for up to a year, and then they reevaluate if they've gone that long. If they had that law in Maine, which they do not, this could have been a different situation oh. because there were people around this here. shooter who wanted to help. What's the news? So the news is Card's body was found in the woods near Lisbon um, by a recycling center from which he'd recently been fired. Um, that's one of our colleagues reporting that, CNN, citing a law enforcement source. NBC is reporting that he was found dead by a self-inflicted gunshot wound with a handgun on him found near the recycling plant where he'd once worked but recently lost his job. There we have it, exactly, um, you know, the theorizing that we've all had, this kind of revenge, revenge spree killing may have incorporated other issues, um, Chris, for sure may have incorporated other um, issues like possibly a, a, an ex-girlfriend or some other kind of slight that he may have felt from those who he felt he was hearing voices, um, you know, besmirching him. But it seems for all intents and purposes, that this was a revenge spree killing that resulted in him killing himself. Well, appreciate the reporting. Uh, we'll be getting it confirmed here any moment. They were supposed to start at 10, but obviously they're trying to get the ducks in a row about who says what and why. Um, in moments like these, the good news is the threat will be gone. Uh, the process of doing this is usually a little bit like uh, an Oscar speech, and that's okay. Because if they found this uh, guy and the threat is gone, they should give everybody a chance uh, to take a little bit of the congratulations for this ending. Uh, however, you know, there were a lot of people who were saying, man, I wish they had found him so that he could have explained. How satisfying an explanation could you get to someone from someone who was dealing with the delusional ideas that this man was? It's not like he was going to come out with Chris, some I'm manifesto not. that was worth hearing. Go ahead, Ashley. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still waiting to find out about the reports of the note that was left behind. There were, um, you know, one right. media outlet reporting that was filled with rantings and then notes for his right. uh, son and bank accounts. But, uh, Chris, I know you've had a really long week. And so um, the bosses are saying you, you get the freebie now. You're allowed to finally get a break as we wait for the, um, the press conference. Thank you for all your wisdom. Thank you for traveling to the location. It shows how much you care about the stories that we're covering and the people who are so afflicted by them. Thanks, uh, my friend. You have a great weekend. And you deserve it. All right. I'll be watching. All right. Chris Cuomo uh, wrapping up his coverage. And I'm going to take over the helm now as we watch that podium in Maine. This is the Lewiston. I think this is in the Lewiston City Hall. It was the command center. We may have changed locations. But um, the headline is the headline. And that is that multiple news organizations confirming that Robert Card, 40 years old, the man believed responsible for opening fire in two locations, 50 hours ago, murdering 18 people, injuring 13 others. And among those 18, I should note, a 14-year-old boy who was just out bowling with his dad one night. Um, the suspect in those killings, 
uh, with eight warrants for murder and many more piling up as soon as the IDs could be made, has apparently turned a gun on himself, according to NBC News, was found behind the recycling center, found in the woods near Lisbon uh, by a recycling center from which he'd recently uh, been let go. We did know that he was recently unemployed. It was his sister-in-law married to his brother um, who had told uh, the press that not only was he recently unemployed, but also that he'd recently uh, been prescribed hearing aids and felt like he was hearing voices in those locations where he went on his killing spree. So the um, the bowling uh, alley, uh, which was about a four-mile drive from the restaurant, um, the absolute opening, opening up, just the lead spray in both of those locations. Uh, supposedly, it looks like it was revenge for whatever those voices that he thought he was hearing were telling him. Nonetheless, there were a number of people from a deaf cornhole league who were at the restaurant, Schmengi's restaurant, celebrating um, their passion. He was a member of a cornhole league. He used to wear the T-shirts. Not only that, Horseshoe League. He used to wear the T-shirts for the Horseshoe League, too. And in fact, uniquely left-handed. He wore a T-shirt for the left-handed, Lewiston left-handed cornhole league and the Lewiston left-handed Horseshoe League. And it turns out that it looks like he turned the gun on many of his own colleagues. When we finally learned this morning, among the dead, 15 men, two women, and a 14-year-old boy, uh, it started to look as though perhaps this was some sort of revenge against men. Did he think that the men had something to do with what was going wrong in his life? And again, I'll just remind you that we're waiting for the official confirmation in the press conference. This is not an exact science, as you can imagine. Everybody on a Friday night scrambling it. 10 minutes past 10 Eastern, uh, hearing the news that he was found with a gun, you know, a self-inflicted gunshot wound um, and dead behind the recycling center. Uh, They're obviously scrambling a lot of family members who have official positions and didn't expect they'd be doing this at this time of night on Friday. So once they can um, coalesce uh, the group and get them, you know, in front of the microphone, you're not going to miss a minute of it. Trust me, I will get you there right away. Um, But a couple of things, I mean... There were some developments today that we thought were fascinating. They were looking underwater near the boat ramp. And some said they were looking just for evidence, not necessarily for bodies, because his car was left abandoned there and his boat was missing. He also had a sea do. No one knew where that was either. So he couldn't have gotten far on the river, Androscoggin River, where uh, that boat ramp was, uh, about a a couple hundred yards upstream were rapids and about a mile downstream was a dam. So you're not getting very far on a narrow river uh, through these communities, but they still searched there anyway. They had divers. You can see the picture there. They had divers. They had boats out um, all day today. And then there was also news that the police had been told about a property owned by this suspect that had a makeshift campsite on it. Whether that led to any clues that got them to the location, maybe it was canine that got them to the location where they discovered his dead body. I mean, it it is interesting that it was, you know, the body was found in the woods, right? Don't know how far in, don't know if it was a couple of yards, a hundred yards, multiple uh, yards or miles. I really don't know. But at this point, it was near the recycling center where he'd uh, been let go. Um, And I, I mentioned this to Chris earlier, and I think it bears repeating 
Because while we are all waiting for the de facto end of this, it is so not the end for these people and for the investigators. I dare say that as we speak, there are probably people in the spare time, just in time, it has two names, uh, bowling center, and also the Smengi's Bar and Grill. I think they are still in there processing the murder scene. It takes a long time to process a murder scene when there's one dead person. So just imagine how much evidence they have to collect when there are 15 men, two women, and a 14-year-old boy. And you have 18 murders and 13 attempted murders. There are shell casings everywhere from that AR-15. And every single one of them has to be tented, photographed, processed, and then matched to the weapon. I mean, the murder investigation keeps on going. Everybody needs resolution to this, even though he won't see the inside of a courtroom. And maybe that's a good thing. I know a lot of you out there right now are probably saying, good riddance. This was the best resolution. He just did himself in and didn't give us all the pain and suffering and hassle and cost of trying him, prosecuting him and trying him, and then incarcerating him because he's only 40. Presumably he's got about 50 years left of life. It's a very big expense for the state of Maine. Maine is a little state. You know, it's not even two million people. And uh, they're going through a hell they never expected to go through. They're going through a murder rate. I think they had 29, somewhere around there, 29 people killed in Maine last year. This is 18 in one night. I want to bring in Jennifer Koffendoffer, my colleague, who's former FBI. Um, Jennifer, I suppose this is not a surprise to people of your ilk, I mean, you sort of do this for a living, and when you're tracking a guy like this, you know, uh, we have the statistics um, from Catherine Ramsland, who's the expert in this, 37% of spree killers in the anger and revenge category uh, take their own lives. Right, Ashley. I, I think the telltale sign was we heard nothing from him. In other words, if he was driven by this rage and revenge, he would have continued uh, to show those types of actions. And there was nothing more that happened. So, Ashley, I think for me, that was certainly a sign that he was no longer with us. Yeah, it was radio silence. They had not seen him nor heard from him in 50 hours. Um, now, I don't know when the, the suicide happened, I mean, it could have happened right away. It could have been today. It could have been tonight. Uh, they're not saying maybe we'll get that from this press conference. A reminder to our viewers just tuning in that the officials in Lewiston are about to basically give us the confirmation, we assume, um, that Robert Card, 40 years old, wanted, uh, wanted officially for eight murders, but really wanted for 18, um, has taken his own life, found uh, slumped, dead, gunshot wound to the head, according to ABC excuse me, quickly to NBC, um, behind a recycling center where he'd been uh, let go. Um, don't go anywhere, Jennifer. I actually want to bring in Catherine Ramsland. Um, she literally wrote the book um, on spree killing. Uh, she knows everything there is to know about people who do this kind of terror to us. Catherine, I wanted to get your reaction right away, given the fact that we have a fact pattern that seems to fit right into your revenge, um, your revenge and anger category. Uh, does he seem to fit that mold for you? Do you have additional thoughts on that? I kind of think desperation, because if he already had a note, then he had constricted thinking, suicidal um, ideation. Uh, so I kind of put him in the desperation, and that's actually a little bit higher as 48% of people in that category commit suicide. 
can there be crossover? I mean, I looked at your categories and there was, uh, there was desperation. There was, uh, the anger revenge. Um, there was mental illness and every single story we have heard about Robert Card, he checks all of those boxes. Do, do you have a multi category percentage? Uh, about for for suicides overall for spree killers about twenty five maybe up to thirty percent depending because some die during conflicts with with police and we don't know if they were suicidal unless they left a note but certainly we know of about twenty four percent who were suicidal. Catherine, we um, I should say Dr. Ramsland. I mean you're you have more degrees in a circle. Um, the the guest that that uh, Chris Cuomo had on earlier. Uh, her name is Haley, and she is a family member of someone, you know, fighting to, to recover from the injuries inflicted uh, by this um, maniac, this homicidal maniac. Um, I, how, in your research, how have you seen the victims of these spree killers, that the family members they leave behind, the injured they leave behind, how have you seen them process news that they take their own lives? I think it's difficult because often they're randomly targeted. Um, we do have some that are specifically targeted, but often it's opportunistic, random, just comes up from out of nowhere, and then suddenly it's over. And I think it's very difficult to process that somebody actually did this to them. And I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in only because we're about to hear uh, from the governor and the news conference is just starting. So let's take that up full if we can. Thank you very much for coming. <clears throat> Excuse me, coming here on short notice. I stand here to t tonight to simply report that the Maine State Police have located the body of Robert Card in Lisbon. He is dead. I've called President Biden to inform him about this news. I've informed <clears throat> Senator King, Senator Collins, Representative Pingree, and Representative Golden, Commissioner Sawshuck. We'll describe the circumstances of that discovery in some detail uh, in a few moments. But this discovery is entirely thanks to the hundreds of local, county, state, and federal law enforcement members from all over, and people from other states as well, people who searched tirelessly to arrive at this moment. And on behalf of all Maine people, I want to express my profound gratitude for their unwavering bravery and determination and fortitude and for the leadership of Louis Lewiston Police Chief. Say, where'd you go? Right there, there, there that guy. <laughs> Lewiston Police Chief St. Pierre. Like many people, I'm breathing a sigh of relief tonight knowing that Robert Card is no longer a threat to anyone. I know there are some people, many people, who share that sentiment, but I also know that his death may not bring solace to many. But now is a time to heal. And with this search concluded, I know that law enforcement continues to fully investigate all the facts so we can bring what closure we can to the victims and their families. And I ask that all Maine people continue to keep those families 
and all of the people impacted by this tragedy in their thoughts and prayers. Lewiston is a special place. This isn't us. Lewiston is a great place. It's a close-knit community of fine people, people with a long history, a history of hard work, of persistence, of faith, of opening its big heart to people everywhere. And tonight, the city of Lewiston and the state of Maine begin to move forward on what will be a long and difficult road to healing, but we will heal together. Thank you. And again, my deepest gratitude, gratitude of all the people of the state of Maine, to these wonderful members of law enforcement who came from all over to help us solve this crime and put closure on this investigation. Robert Card is dead. Now I'm going to turn it over to Commissioner Sashuk. Thank you very much, Governor. We truly do appreciate uh, all of your support. Uh, I think it's incredibly important uh, that the next uh, person that speaks uh, this evening is Lewiston's uh, chief uh, law enforcement champion, and that is Dave St. Pierre. Dave. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Governor, for allowing me this opportunity. Uh, bear with me, please. I, I certainly did not have much time to prepare a speech here. Um, I, I want to I say to everybody, thank you so much. You can, our community can now breathe a sigh of relief, as, as the Governor stated, and I can't echo that enough. Um, our work, again, is not done here. Um, I, I was very elated tonight when I got the call from Commissioner Soschuk, um advising me of... Uh, the revelation of what took place and that Mr. Card is deceased and no longer a threat to our community or any other community. Uh, I just don't want to forget the, the families that are grieving and will continue to grieve. I don't want to forget the law enforcement officials that have worked tirelessly throughout this whole event uh, to come to a good conclusion. Um, our men and women of the Lewiston Police Department, of all of our surrounding agencies, we have with us uh, Chief McGee here from Lisbon where, where Mr. Card was found. Um, this is, in, is vitally important to all of us that this conclusion came to light tonight. Um, we're going we're gonna to grieve for the families that lost loved ones here. Uh, we're going to continue to work. We're going to persevere. Um, and we become better people for it is in, in terms of working together as teams. We've learned a lot from some mistakes. Uh, we've, we've won a lot of accomplishments this evening. Um, Again, I wasn't really prepared for this on a Friday night at 10.30, but I'm very happy to be here and very happy to say the threat is over. Thank you. Sure. So our officers are being notified now as we speak. Um, some know, obviously, sooner than others. There are many that are still home. They're home with their families. And I'm quite certain at this point in time, we all know about this. Um, this is something that all of our law enforcement uh, personnel, ours and any surrounding community, has been paying, paying very close attention to in awaiting positive news or good news. And this is by far the, the best news we've had in, in quite some time. Thank you. Thank you. 
Was there any belief at this time that the suspect was dead before finding him, or did this come as a brand new revelation that you never saw coming before this? So our reality here is that this search has been extensive, it's been thorough, it's been nonstop since the minute uh, we started speaking with you and long before that. Uh, so all of these options are on the table, as we knew. Uh, we continue to search locations, uh, in some cases multiple times, uh, and uh, we will have more information about exactly how this went down. Uh, we're going to have another briefing tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, uh, and I would uh, please encourage you uh, to think about next steps from your end, information that you uh, would find important. Uh, and uh, I will say that this is not going to be a long Q&A this evening. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we got this information out as fast as possible and as responsible as possible. And what I mean by that is that the time between the notification of the press release and now, there wasn't a lot of details there. There wasn't a lot of details there because we wanted to talk to the victims' families. We wanted to say this is coming. It's important that they heard that information as close to first as anybody else. And you know who else we called uh, was the family of the suspect. And uh, they lost a loved one in this scenario. Um, and there were many of that family that was very cooperative with us throughout. Uh, so they deserve that phone call. So we had those conversations tonight before joining you here. Uh, we also got a chance to send, spend some time. Uh, with the brothers and sisters of law enforcement and our public safety partners that have been so incredibly helpful uh, over the last few days, uh, to say the least. So, what, one second. So, right here, sir. Where exactly did you find him and when exactly did you find him? So, at 7.45 this evening is when uh, Mr. Card was located. I won't give you an exact address. It was uh, near uh, the river along Androscoggin uh, in Lisbon Falls was the actual location. Ma'am, did you have a question? Ma'am, did you have a question? Uh, when, do you, when did police say he died? That all remains to be seen, right? So our reality is that we found that body at 745, and it's 1025 now. Uh, so there continues to be a lot of work that needs to be done here at the scene with the medical examiner's office. Uh, so there's, there's a much, much more follow-up to what happened. But, sir, did you have a question? I won't be able to answer either one of those questions at this point, uh, accomplices and things of, like, of that nature. We've had no indication of that since the very beginning. Uh, but as we've talked about before, these next steps are going to be, gives us an opportunity to, to do things as fast as we can in the sense that we want to provide closure and information, but also slow things down a little bit uh, because we need to look at video evidence. We need to look at uh, the various uh, pieces of technology that are in um, play here and hopes that that gives us some additional information around some of the things that you're going to be concerned about. Yes, ma'am. In addition to that, we understand that possibly he may have recently been fired from this recycling center. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I'm happy to take a look at that information in, in hopes that I can get that back to you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, again, we have... Uh, uh, attorney generals that we need to work with and other individuals uh, that are in play here. I'm going to take a couple more questions again, again with the mindset that it's that it's 10 o'clock tonight, and we do want to come back uh, tomorrow morning to have this conversation right here. The shelter in place this afternoon. So by this afternoon, were you just looking for remains? 
for, you know, how did you make that decision to lift the shelter in place? Yeah, sure. So I think that um, that was an ongoing conversation since the minute we uh, actually put that in place. Uh, we knew that that was an important decision. Certainly from our perspective, it made uh, complete sense to put that order in place immediately based on the violent nature and the traumatic nature of these crimes. Uh, and as uh, things progressed over the next few days, uh, since Wednesday to now, uh, we've had a lot of conversations with uh, various town and city leadership, uh, with the governor's office, with Chief St. Pierre, with business owners, with residents. And we have to have that balancing act of pluses and minuses. And we had that initial surge with those communities, uh, and those communities made perfect sense for an order. And as things tended to slow down, we didn't have any immediate threats. We made the decision to, to back off that. I would also just want to mention this because uh, a fellow commissioner had asked me to do this, uh, and I could walk out of here before forgetting it. But uh, Commissioner uh, Camuso said that um, and passed along that actually that hunting restriction uh, has been lifted as well. So the resident hunting opportunity um, for tomorrow uh, is open across the state of Maine to include those four communities. There's a lot of phone calls that she would receive around that. But right here, ma'am. There are reports that he was found with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Can you confirm that? Yes, I can confirm that. Apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Did you have a question, ma'am? Sorry, I just wanted to follow up. You've searched that area before, as I understand it. Can you explain why he was only found this other time that you uh, searched this area? I didn't state that we had searched that area before, so. So. As, as we have as we have as we have stated in the past, we try to use information that we can confirm one way or the other. So your reporting can say something one way or the other, and that's fine. We can talk about that again tomorrow morning. But I think we're done taking questions for this evening. Thank you very much for your thank patience, you and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you have Commissioner uh, Sawcheck uh, wrapping up this um, very quick news conference, which was headed by Governor Janet Mills of Maine and a couple of choice quotes from her tonight. Uh, tonight, the city of Lewiston and the state of Maine move forward on a long, difficult road to healing, but we will heal. Robert Card is dead. We breathe a sigh of relief. He is no longer a threat to anyone, but it won't bring solace to many. It's really an understatement given what the conversation we were just having, Chris Cuomo and I, before that news conference. Many will celebrate this death. Others, it will not have that profound effect. Um, if they are victims of this man, um, they will probably still be bewildered by the fog they're in within 50 hours. It's only been 50 hours since he just rained hell upon that community. A couple of things that... Um, are interesting to note that just came out of that news conference. They actually found his body at 7.45 tonight. So it's interesting because we really didn't get that um, heads up for about an hour and a half. By about 9.15 or so tonight, it was about 9, 9.15 tonight, it started to break. Um, but interesting that, you know, two hours and 15 minutes after they found the body, they hold the press conference and... Um, also really interesting to note that his body was found off of the Androscoggin River in Lisbon Falls. If you are watching this show, when this news broke on Wednesday night, I had a guest on named Steve Yenko, who is from Lisbon Falls, who walked me geographically through that area where that actual boat yard or that boat launch is. And it's pretty remarkable um, 
what he described. It's the Paper Mills Trail and Miller Park boat launch. He told me it's just a couple hundred yards up to some rapids and just about a mile down to actually, you know, the center of town. And it appears that this body of Robert Card was found somewhere in that area off that Androscoggin River. He's going to join me, um, Steve Yanko, in just a moment. And I also um, am going to have Laura Engel, our correspondent on the scene. She's going to be live in just a moment. I'm going to fit in a quick break. And when we come back, um, more on this just remarkable development that this this nightmare for the state of Maine, and I dare say all surrounding states as well, is officially over. But there are still so many questions about why he did it. Back in just a moment. The headline tonight in our breaking news, the manhunt is over. 50 hours in, we can report that Robert Card, 40 years old, wanted for the murder of 18 people and the attempted murder of 13 more is dead. NBC News reporting that he was found dead by a self-inflicted gunshot wound with a handgun found on him. Also, CNN reporting that he was found near uh, the recycling center from which he had recently been fired. That confirmed by local officials tonight. And uh, that recycling center is in Lisbon, which is right in the same community as Lewiston, where these murders happened at two separate locations, Schmengi's Bar and Grill and the Just-in-Time Recreation Center and Bowling Alley. I want to go right to Laura Ingle, our correspondent on the ground. Laura, I know that you felt the din of activity as they were leading up to this, but the surprise for me was they actually found the body at 745 tonight and didn't tell any of us. Right. Right. And, and, you know, what we were doing tonight is we were driving around. We had a police scanner on and we were trying to see if there was any locations that we could follow SWAT, which is what we were doing all day long. And it's how we found uh, a team that went across the river and into the woods today, a very huge presence of U.S. Marshals, ATF, FBI. And we watched them go into the woods where it really seemed like there was going to be a break in the case, similar to what happened last night in Bowdoin. But nonetheless, they pulled back. And you're right, 745, they said in the press conference. And earlier tonight at 5 o'clock, there was a press conference that they said they were lifting that shelter in place and putting some minor restrictions on the hunting uh, season that is starting tomorrow in areas that you would be allowed to hunt. So we had been trying to get some clarification uh, from the state police saying, why are you lifting that order? I mean, we've been talking to residents all day long and all night last night. People are very worried. I mean, you're out at night, you hear a rust in the leaves and a, a twig that breaks and you're wondering is that him <laughs> down the street from me it's been very unnerving to be here uh, so why they lifted it two hours 45 minutes uh, before the body was found we just don't know and now here we are in the 10 o'clock hour learning more details from that press conference Ashley you know, really surprising. Um, and to scramble all of these officials, including the governor, together so late at night, I'm just surprised they couldn't sort of have done that a couple of hours ago and given so much more relief to um, the people. And one of those people is going to join me in a moment, Steve Yanko, who has been under this, you know, this shelter-in-place order and has no idea where this killer is because he's, you know, he lives uh, right in that area of the of the of the boat launch. Um, I did find it interesting, Laura, when the uh, PIO said that they called the family of the suspect. That was a critical set of phone calls to make and that this family had been very cooperative. Right. Do we know if the family um, was sort of, they, they, did they play any part 
in getting these authorities to the right places to search. And then, of course, they come upon his body. Right. Well, one can only imagine that they did share where he worked and maybe that work history uh, that we've been hearing about. But, you know, they've really you got to hand it to the investigators as we go through uh, these unfortunate stories uh, that they keep those details very close to the vest. We had not heard that they had been spending time with his family, uh, at least not publicly, that they had acknowledged that. So we don't know about that. But in terms of where this location is, I'm coming to you from Lisbon Falls and right behind me is the road where his body was found. Um, and you've seen our coverage today uh, of all of the activity that was at the boat ramp that's just a mile away uh, with no indication of searches right around here. It was all right down the road. Um, so we're, it'll be interesting to find out more details about who exactly found the body and, you know, the timing now we know. Uh, but in terms of seeing uh, a coroner's van or the ME, we haven't seen any of that, at least not yet. I feel like I can hear helicopters behind you, and clearly they are not on search uh, and recovery at this point with, with helos in the air, but I'm wondering if they're actually evacuating and, and you know, returning back to the bases from which they came, Boston and, and you know, parts um, far from the location where you are. They had to bring in so many assets. Do you see the assets leaving, or what is that chopper sound? Uh, there is a chopper right above us, and somebody else just asked me about that. It's hard to say if that's law enforcement or a news helicopter, but the way it's hovering, it does feel like it is law enforcement. And, you know, I do want to mention what you just talked about there uh, with all of the resources. We have been down at the command center in Lewiston um, for a better part of the evening where you've got the Bearcats and all of the heavy equipment that was brought in and so many members of law enforcement coming together, working together, and at any moment throughout the day and the night, we've been seeing cars screaming down the road with sirens on, uh, and we followed them, as I mentioned, we went across the river, but all day long, you would things would seem calm, and then all of a sudden, uh, a group would take off, including those Bearcats, and we would try and catch up with them uh, where we got lucky sometimes and, and watch them search, but now all of those people are going to be going home, presumably. Uh, there is still work to be done. Uh, we know that this is going to be a crime scene here behind us. It is. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of work to be done through the weekend on that. Multiple crime scenes still left to process. They mentioned Cash. that in the news conference. This is still a, a lot of work, you know, and those Lenko Bearcats are no joke. When I saw those roll in, I started to get nervous. I get flashes of Waco and Ruby Ridge right. and all sorts of things when I see that kind of stuff. Laura, you've just done an amazing job out there, and I know that hasn't been an easy location. There's no restaurants open. There's no bathrooms open. I mean, it's been a hard reporter's assignment. So thank you for doing this, especially late at right. night on a Friday night. Really appreciate your work. I'm actually going to zip right away over to Steve Yanko. I mentioned him before. He's not far from where Laura is. Uh, Laura's in Lisbon Falls, and Steve Yanko lives in uh, Lisbon Falls. Uh, Steve, you nailed this from the get-go. You told me on Wednesday night about that boat launch, um, and you told me that what the, what the Androscoggin River looked like, and this turns out to be the place where they found his body just off of this river. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you think could be about the location? Um, you, you know that river better than I. You know where the boat launch is, and you know where all that activity was. Yeah, so the uh, from where they found his body to where the boat launch was, it's probably, I don't know, three-quarters of a mile, a mile or so, 
probably l- less than a mile, probably more like three quarters to a half a mile from where where they found his car on on late Wednesday night. And so that'd be like downriver, right? Because you mentioned yeah, it was yeah, a, it was about a mile from the boat launch to downtown. So he would have gone downriver, possibly yeah. in his Bayliner or his Sea-Doo? No, they found no boats. There's a there's a walking trail there, so I would presume he probably took the walking trail and then cut up into the industrial park to where uh, the main recycling building is. So how far is the recycling building from the river? If you know, I know you said that pathway, you know, it goes down uh, that river as well. How far would that would that recycling area where his body was found be from the pathway that he might have taken from the boat ramp? Uh, maybe a couple hundred yards, maybe a couple football fields, two, three football field lengths. I mean, you could actually okay. stand in the yard of the recycling center and look out and see the river. So, so this makes perfect sense. It looks like we're, you know, obviously forensically just trying to put the picture together of what he did after he finished shooting at the Schmingy's Bar and Grill, which was his second location. He got in that vehicle and he drove from Louisville to Lisbon Falls to that boat ramp. Um, and the official name of that boat ramp, Paper Mills Trail and Miller Park Boat Launch, let the car go there. That's where they discovered his car. Some say with the gun inside. Don't know if it was the murder weapon or not. And then took the walking trail down river from there, about three quarters of a mile. And then a few hundred yards in from the river, he would have found himself at his old place of work, the recycling plant. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's pretty much how I would say it went. I, I would have doubt with what he did, he would have walked along the highway, so I presume he most would have would have taken the walking trail where it was lit, and from point A to point B, it might have been a 10-minute, 15-minute walk, depending upon how fast or how slow you were walking. Yeah, pardon me, I misspoke. I said Louisville is Lewiston, of course. Um, I mean, he would he would know absolutely. He's an avid deer hunter. He was an avid deer hunter. He would know this area. He was a boater. So he would know those pathways. He would know that river. And he would know certainly where he uh, used to work, a place where they let him go or fired him. We don't know yet uh, what the circumstances were uh, of him being unemployed from that recycling plant. But I am curious, Steve, if you heard of any reports of gunfire around that recycling plant in any of the last 50 hours. Did anyone report that they'd heard any gunshots? Not that I know of. Nobody has that I talked to of anything that I have heard has said there was any gunshots in that area at any time over the past couple of days. That's pretty remarkable in itself, just given how loud that would have been on a night when everybody was on high alert, um, that maybe it was just the chaos of it all, that um, there were lots of um, you know, sirens, perhaps, and uh, a lot of din of activity that people might have just missed those gunshots. And maybe it didn't happen then. Maybe it happened over the last two nights. It's, it's hard yeah, to say. It could, it uh, could, Steve, uh, can't thank you enough. It could have happened any time. It could have happened any time, but I think I time. can speak yeah. for uh, all the people here in Lisbon Falls and the state of Maine. We're all going to breathe a sigh of relief and sleep much better tonight. Just like your Governor Janet Mills said, and I'll requote her because it's worth hearing. Tonight, the city of Lewiston and the state of Maine move forward on a long, difficult road to healing, but we will heal. Robert Card is dead. We breathe a sigh of relief 
no longer a threat to anyone. Um, Steve Yanko, you've been invaluable to our coverage. I can't thank you enough. And um, God bless you and your community as you heal from this, because it is a long road. And I appreciate what you've done to help us understand where we are in all of it. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good night. Steve Yanko. Now, um, obviously, he and his family out from under that uh, shelter-in-place order that had them pinned down for two days and obviously feeling a lot safer tonight. There is still, I mean, there is still the question. We all have it, right? You've been asking everybody. The water cooler, you've been asking your, your family, you've been asking your friend on the phone. Why didn't you just kill yourself first? Why do they do this? If they're going to go out anyway... Why don't they just take themselves out? Do they really want this legacy? Why do they kill so many innocent people, including a 14-year-old boy? Why do that? Why not just kill yourself first? There is somebody who knows the answer to this. Dr. Catherine Ramsland literally wrote the book called Spree Killers. She's after the break. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Um, if you were in the last 50 hours wondering whether this, um, this spree killer who wreaked havoc in Maine, taking the lives of 18 people, was going to kill himself, you were right. Many people guessed that that might be what he would do after such a horrific crime spree. Uh, they don't always do it, though. High percentage of these spree killers, they take their lives, but not everybody does. And that's where Dr. Catherine Ramsland comes in. She is uh, the professor of forensic psychology. She's the co-author of the book Spree Killers, and she's with me now live. I asked the question before break, uh, Dr. Ramsland. Um, Card was found dead, self-inflicted gunshot wound, handgun apparently on him, according to NBC. Why don't they just kill themselves? Why do they take so many other people out? Why can't they just kill themselves first instead of doing this to society that they leave behind? Well, we don't yet know what association he might have had with the the um, places that he chose to attack. But it's called coercive suicide, where they want other people to die, too. Sometimes because they want to uh, hit out at people. They want other people to hurt. They want to punish somebody. There's a variety of reasons, but they know they're going to take their lives, and they want more than just themselves. They don't want to die alone, uh, and they have some reason why they are going to hit out at other people. You know, we are going to get more on this story tomorrow because the officials at the press conference didn't really fill in all the blanks. I mean, there's still a whole forensics trail. I've been piecing it together by geography with one of the local residents who knows the area. But it, the pattern, does it, does it say anything to you, the pattern that he took? He, he killed all these people in this first location, the second location. He did have a connection to both, according to his sister. You know, he had spent a lot of time in those places, thought he was hearing voices of people against him, speaking about him in those places. Then driving to the boat launch and making his way downstream for three quarters of a mile and then several hundred yards in back to the place that probably let him go or fired him, the recycling plant. What does that tell you? 
I think he was wondering what he was going to do. I think he, he might have even thought about launching his boat out to do something else, but then ultimately decided it was over. There was nothing. He, he probably heard news reports. He knew that there was nothing left. And he had pretty much destroyed his family. He destroyed the people of the town. Um, we still, again, we don't really know what his association was with these places, but that will tell you a lot about his motivation if we do find out. Much of that will be coming tomorrow. Dr. Catherine Ramsland, thank you so much for being patient and staying with us through this breaking news. I just wanted to put up the pictures, if I can, of those who lost their lives. Um, we've been talking a lot about Robert Card, and we should really be talking about these people instead. Um, that's a lot of victims right there, innocent, wonderful people. 15 men and two women and a 14-year-old boy who was just out bowling with his dad. Their families, I don't know how they'll process this news. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you next week. Maine EPA administrator in the area admits that there have been several missteps in the process. Residents say that the EPA says stuff publicly and then privately they say another thing. It's just really shocking to hear these things. It's clearly contaminated. Thank you for keeping this story alive. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. No matter what, People need what you bring them. But sometimes a choice has to be made. You can make a safe one. Always expect a train. Know that trains can run on any track at any time in either direction. Understand that trains are faster and quieter than you think. You can stop track tragedies. Never try to beat a train. You are more important than your packages. See tracks? Think train. For more information, go to oli.org. This is an important message from the Mine Safety and Health Administration. Mining fatalities, accidents, and injuries are preventable. Taking a minute to approach your task safely can protect you and your fellow miners from injury and death. Staying alert and focused can keep you safe. Do it safe. Do it right. Whether buckling a seatbelt or securing equipment, these quick safety measures can prevent injuries and fatalities. Take time. Save lives. For more resources, visit MSHA.gov. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit under... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.